for two Kickers are extra, I give them the boot Ooh, going for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Ooh, now I'm reclining While putting my time and I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my my lineups, my bank account grow I am so rich But knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with Ooh, listen to this Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh, DFS Dynasty Reader tonight, I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in And only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking And all of these spots keep on talking and talking So what are we talking? What kind of alignment? And running it deep, even players forgotten Or came from the bottom or hitting that topping And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping And woo! This is the arm chat, yeah Put up your arms, yeah Sound the alarm, yeah What is going on, guys, and welcome to the RSO 2023 Personal League Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we're here tonight to break down your league. I believe this is at least the second year, if not the third year we've done this league before. Um, And we brought our our expert, uh, Kyle, over here, who will be here in a second. Uh, But first up, uh, we'll meet the panel. Um, of course, we got Ryan here tonight, Mr. Ryan Searfoss. He is the co-host of the Armchair Fantasy Show right here on this network. He's also the co-host of the Dynasty Big Board, and you can follow him on Twitter at Foss534. What's up, Ryan? Oh, I never get told having you introduce me. I feel fancy. <laughs> it's, yeah, our regular show, you don't get the, the full introduction. You get, yeah, yeah, yeah Ryan's it's, here. <laughs> it's garbage. Um, and by the way, with Kyle's knowledge of Salary Caps League, can we start calling him the Canadian Calculator? Canadian calculator. I like it. Sounds like a new <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, Twitter handle for me. <laughs> that, that's my favorite nickname I've ever had. And I, I've been referred to as Millhouse a lot. So that, that takes the cake. For sure. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That voice you hear is Mr. Kyle Senra. He is the host of the two point conversion Monday night pregame show during the season. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at Senra says what's up, Kyle. Hi. Uh, yeah, super pumped. Not just because of that awesome music uh, that always gets me pumped. Good job, Gabe. But uh, yeah, I love PLPs and I love RSO. So to combine both, that's six letters all in a sequence. Tell me that. Yeah, perfect. I'm all in. Good I believe it's they're going for two years in a row now that they've gone to us uh, for this. Absolutely. Uh, happy to help this league out. And I guess for Foss, this is the same bat time, same bat channel. Wednesday, nine thirty, right? Like this is this almost is like a regular armchair, just a little fancier. It, it's very, it's very, it's very weird. No, no, no. It's like not my. I feel like I'm off, but I'm working extra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we do have some uh, some bad news though. The Going for Two Personal League podcast have sold out for 2023. Uh, but if you order your POP for next year, you can get 20 percent off with our promo code EarlyBird24. Just visit goingfor2.com backslash PLP. Use promo code EARLYBIRD24 to save 20%. Uh, and I will tell you, they are selling out already. We've already sold out the entire month of July already. Um, so please, if you want to get one of these, jump in. Uh, again, it's goingfor2.com backslash PLP. Save 20%, which amounts to about 7 bucks a person in a 12-man league. Uh, so it's definitely worth it if you want to get one of these done. Uh, again, goingfor2.com backslash PLP. EARLYBIRD24 is the promo code. All right, you all know how this goes. We're going to break down your teams 12 through 1. Um, we've ranked your teams, cr- created a consensus ranking. Uh, we actually had an extra ranker that unfortunately could not make the show tonight, Dan, uh, but we kept his rankings in there as part of our consensus. So we'll count them down 12 to 1. And when we get to the, uh, the, the team that these guys were experts of, they will break them down, strengths, weaknesses. And then we'll go to Kyle for all the contract stuff because he's kind of the contract expert. 
Um, but let's go ahead and jump right into it here. Get to team number 12. Number 12. All right, number 12 team ranked as high as 11 and as low as 12. And uh, it is BL Relax. And uh, Kyle, this is your team. Take it away. Yeah, so right off the bat, you know, Jeff, you and I both ranked them at 12. That wasn't a unanimous selection, so I guess a little uh, positivity there. But <laughs> to me, it was uh, the first thing that stood out was the potential of not having a starting quarterback next year. They do have Ryan Tannehill, Zach Wilson, and Hendon Hooker all under contract. But uh, yeah, that could. Uh, none of the, there's a chance none of them are starting next year, frankly. I mean, there's, I guess there's a slim chance all three could be starters, so maybe the outlook is a little better. But uh, for now, a year with Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback duo is probably underwhelming too relative to the rest of the league. So from a future outlook, but also from a this year outlook, nice to have the Rodgers Wilson handcuff, I guess. Um, and yeah, I suppose uh, a theme I'll talk about as well is knowing that you know, when they when this league scheduled their PLP, they'll likely make fifth year option decisions on next year's rookie class that comes up to twenty twenty one rookies. Zach Wilson's part of that. I, I looked through the contracts. I believe he was uh, the uh, one oh nine in the rookie draft that year, if I uh, had everything correctly. Uh, but I, yeah, and. I don't know, beyond 2024, maybe that's how you get that extra quarterback year. Do you guys think in 2025, when that fifth-year option year would have to be, do you think Zach Wilson's starting? That was like the first thing that I had no. decision-wise. <laughs> he may not even that's be in the game. NFL at this nah, point. Nah, the future, uh, the future Jets quarterback is not on the Jets. Yeah, like, save whatever money you would use on that to get a, another starter that's established at that point. It was my thoughts as well. But he's not someone I and knowing this league, like it doesn't seem like a lot of teams overuse the fifth year options. I remember last year, David Montgomery got one, and uh, there, there, it, Kyler Murray. I noticed that in, in this year's uh, auction, he was on that fifth year option. So, uh, yeah, it, it seems like it, not a ton of players get them. And see, I don't think Zach Wilson would be the good quality player. Like you're almost either like for sure saying yes or no. Like I like. I'll go to Doc, my co-host, on Monday night when he talks about trades. Like, if you accept a trade, it's either a hell yes or it's a no. If I'm not entirely convinced that this is the right move, I'm not hitting accept. That would be the same thing, I think, for a fifth-year option. If, if you have any doubts about it, you probably shouldn't do it. Zach, I think, poses enough doubts because you have to do that before next season. Right? You have to make that decision, I think, before next year's auction. Right. So, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, that's a, a big reason why I uh, put them low but i guess the advantage is they have so much cap space next year that they could be going into auctions i know we'll talk about some quarterbacks that are in the final years of their deals and without having this league not having a franchise tag means a lot of good players in the auction so having cap space is key and they do free up a lot they've got like aaron jones and keenan allen george kittle all on expiring contracts so if you know you gotta just let all those guys walk in free agency and not bid them up and use all that money instead to bid up quarterbacks then that's I think the priority uh, going forward, but yeah, not, it, it still feels like, a, if, you know, if you can make trades and get a QB upgrade this year, that could be in play, but to get significant upgrades, you probably have to get to au- the auction I mean, still try and make offers. Although I don't know which pieces would be those offers. I think Jerry Judy and tank Dell to receiver, especially tank Dell, although not on a rookie contract. I, I noticed that it seems like he left the rookie draft unclaimed and then in the free agency auction i guess more recently with all this hype that sometimes happens right those we see in the nfl too the udfas sometimes make more than fifth rounders and i've noticed that in my own rso leagues as well 
I think I did that with Ty Chandler last year where, okay, he, he went into the, uh, he, you know, he, no one drafted him, but I'll, I'll pay up a little more than a fourth round rookie contract to get him. Even though I could have just taken him in the fourth round. Um, but you know, I went Hassan Haskins. Let's do that instead. Yeah. Not so good. Uh, but yeah, I, so I, th- I think he's still cheap enough though. I think it's like five uh, average, uh, around 5 million a year. I think if I calculated that correctly. So that could be a cheap option. Jerry Judy, those might be the pieces as well as draft picks to be able to get that quarterback upgrade now. But uh, yeah, I don't know how much. Uh... Oh yeah, I'm seeing uh, Trenton Laws show up. The, apparently, the QB fifty or option will be like thirty nine million. So yeah, definitely don't spend that on Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Uh, yeah, save that money for the auction because that might be how this team addresses quarterback. And maybe uh, maybe it's a bit of a struggle this year. Maybe Rogers Tannehill is enough to get them into the playoffs. Too. Yeah, so I, I had this team ranked at, at twelve, and you know I'm not looking at it from contract standpoint because I don't I don't quite understand it the way Kyle does. Um, but just from a from a fantasy perspective, this team was a little rough. I mean, one at, at least currently on the sheet that I have, Aaron Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are both your starting running backs. Um, you got a couple guys on the bench. I guess you could put in like Raheem Mostert, um, Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, all guys that could potentially be starters. But the fact that you got both premier running backs that doesn't really help your case. Um, receivers are pretty decent, which is why I I think I I debated on putting this one a little bit higher. Uh, but you got Judy and Allen. Uh, George Kittle's a nice piece to have. I think Gabe Davis is sort of a post-hype sleeper. I think he can have a good season this year. Um, but overall, I think this team is in sort of a rebuild mode. Um, like you mentioned, you know, not picking up the fifth-year option on Zach Wilson will definitely help this team. Um, there's no way in hell I would pick up that fifth-year option unless something dramatically changes in the next like year, um, which I don't see happening either. Ryan, uh, you had, just to, go ahead. Sorry, one last thing I could add in with the contracts. I noticed the, uh, you know, running back depth in general. This team could use more, and they have four wide receivers on minimum contracts. Meaning, if you cut them, they're, they're, uh, there's no dead cap at all counting against them. So they're the easiest players to cut: Devontae Parker, Isaiah Hodgins, McCole Hardman, and Corey Davis, who retired. So I think Corey Davis is an obvious cut, but I would consider cutting all four potentially up to all four to add running backs. Is there any good running backs on the waiver wire? You know, maybe even just, you know, take the, you know, the two best players you want to invest in of those four, keep them, cut two of them, add two running backs. That at least helps that depth a little. Bit. Yeah. Good call. Anything you want to chime here, Ryan, you, you had them, at, you had them at 11, not 12. I know it's splitting hairs here, but is there, is there a reason you like this team better? Um, there's a couple upside players on it compared to the other one. Uh, with like Judy Keen, Allen Kittle, and one of the Green Bay backs, I just think the difference between that and Travis Law is. Can I just dive into theirs because that's kind of where the difference is? Yeah, we can go ahead and get to theirs. Let me just hit the drop though. Oh, sorry. Number eleven. So yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, yeah. yeah, Travis Laws is the number eleven team, also ranked as high as eleven and as low as twelve. Uh, these teams actually both were tied. Uh, 11 and a half each and I just uh, the tiebreaker was my ranking so I had him at 11 so they ended up being the 11 team yeah I thought yeah. the tiebreaking was Dan wasn't on the show so his ranking doesn't count doesn't count <laughs> fair but no the reason I had that one 12 instead of 11 is uh, essentially just the team build in general and lack of high end players like Bryce Young is in LaPorta really any upside players you're ones who you have upside or think are Rasheed Wright, Hank Bigsby, and they're more dark frozen everything because they're still a struggle to get significant playing time. 
We're more worried about them being wide receiver twos, running back twos, if we're lucky, not do they have a chance to be an elite player. Uh, there's a lot of just bench cloggers on the bench with older quarterbacks, running backs like Chris Evans. I hate to say Son Haskins, but like, there's just a lot of bench clogging, a lot of just wasted team when there should be some there's not enough upside i don't see the draft pick situation here which may make a difference and man there's a lot of guys who are just cut worthy and it's just outside of bryce young and russ there's not a lot i like who's going to be starting even laporta like he in i he should be good right away but i mean it doesn't matter right now at this point in the team anyways but it's still a tight end, and it makes a struggle. Isaiah Pacheco, we're kind of at his ceiling. And I see the comment about the three twenty-four first-rounders. Yeah, that might make me raise the team a little bit. Um, but that's a great piece, and honestly, as the season goes on, and say you guys do get hot, who aren't those like young centerpieces, just start moving them and accumulating more picks. Yeah, like, I, Russ, like Russ Wilson and Pacheco, like guys who have playable upside in a close future. Get rid of them when people are desperate. Yeah, and I was going to go to, uh, you know, we alluded to, to Russell Wilson pre-show. Kyle did uh, in the contract that he has. And, and Kyle, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so th- one of the reasons I debated putting Travis Laws at 12 and not 11 was the, the Russell Wilson contract. It's, uh, if I'm, Correct with my calculations, it's like the fourth highest cap hit average for any of the contracts. It's it's like super close to Mahomes and Allen and Lamar Jackson. I believe Lamar Jackson's the highest. And so it's three years of over 60 million. Wow. So, uh, you know, if you're getting Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, you know, QB1 potential production, that's that you can justify that on. But I think Russell Wilson, yeah, it's a little much. I would say, uh, not like not to feel too bad for Travis Laws because a billion dollar organization literally made the same mix- mistake and the Broncos <laughs> extended Russell Wilson unnecessarily last year. I mean, this seemed I, like based on the contract, it looks like he was a free agent last year and this was just a contract signed in the auction. So that's not as bad as what Denver did because they didn't need to extend him and they gave him like five years. So <laughs> yeah. Denver feels much worse about that than, than Travis Laws. Because, uh, uh, but yeah, I think uh, to Ryan's point, like on the, well, a few things Ryan said. What I really liked was the, the clogger. Just so I can touch on that really quick. There are players you would like to cut, but there's only one player on a minimum contract. Uh, or two, sorry. Colt McCoy and Chris Evans. And so they, they can be cut for free, but anyone else that you cut will still have dead cap accounted against. And you know some of these contracts are pretty low, like cutting the rookie contract, especially the low end. Like I did that in my league this year. I cut Hassan Haskins on a rookie contract. Got to eat three years of some dead cap. But uh, I think I ate the whole contract this year and then half a million in dead cap each of the next two years. So it's not too big a deal. Like the the rookie contract, especially the the fourth rounders are so cheap that, yeah, you'll take whatever the dead cap is just to free up the roster spot. And that might be the case for a guy like Hassan Haskins. But yeah, I I could get get Ryan's point of the well on the lack of upside at receiver. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if K.J. Osborne leads this receiving core in fantasy points. And then the, the team we just did, uh, BJ, BL Relax, probably name like five guys that could finish ahead of K.J. Osborne yeah. pretty easily. So 
uh, I could see from that point, but I think the reason I did end up ranking them higher is because of Bryce Young. Having that rookie quarterback at least gives that one asset that BL Relax didn't have. Maybe I'm centering too much on the, the top asset, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, they've got, unfortunately, picked up the fifth-year option on Kyler Murray, so it's pretty expensive this year for a year. You might not get much out of him, and then he's, and then he's a free agent next year, and he's gone, so it's a little unfortunate as well. In that situation, we paying so much to Wilson and Murray not really getting the production on that. I think hamstrung enough to where couldn't probably couldn't go too hot, heavy in on other positions in the auction. That's why they might be starting both Pacheco and McKinnon on that Thursday night game, whatever running back scores touchdowns. But then, then yeah, KJ Osborne and Zay Jones. Oh, oh no, you know what? Throw all the Chiefs and Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Pacheco, McKinnon. They're playing the Lions. Yeah, they'll that, probably put up, they'll put up sixty points on them. Honestly, <laughs> that was one of my other issues I had with the team was so many repetitive players from the same team. Like you have the two Chiefs receivers plus McKinnon. You have two Bengals running backs. Like and not the starter. Like that's and not yeah. probably the second string. Like that's that's also another issue. Like they're just repeating like back end players hoping one hits. And that wouldn't be so bad if the next best players, other than again, seriously, like those might be the best two starting options are Pacheco and McKinnon at running back as opposed to Smaj P. Ryan or Rashad Penny, right? Like if you had other running backs and you could use them as like, okay, one of them will be in the lineup and out and I can choose between them or handcuff them and okay, one yeah. guy's out that I play them. Like that might make more sense, but I mean, maybe they want to build the team that way. They're like not having to choose between them, play them both every week and whatever happens, happens. But yeah, I think uh, one thing I will say, I do, I'm not... You know, I find tight ends a little overrated in, in formats. Uh, you know, the extra half PPR, especially, I don't think that adds too much. But I do love the way that they've addressed it with three rookie contracts of tight end. Let's spend as little as we can, but still get solid players and solid assets that are tradable. And I think Friar Muth, Laporta, Shoemaker on rookie contracts, all of them have enough hype that if ever you need to bail out of a, of a build, I think those are maybe some of the most liquid assets on this team where you can trade them almost like you could draft picks because of the tight end premium. So that is one advantage this team has is you could trade really any of the three of them at three different price ranges for whatever players you're trying to target. Good point. One, one question I want to ha- ask you, Kyle, because you mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, with Kyler Murray, they would have had to decide on the fifth-year option last year, right? Before the I think started. they decided the fifth-year options before we even did the, their PLP last year. Because I remember looking at the prices and seeing, like, okay, David Montgomery, it looks like he had a fifth-year option picked up. I think it was him. And I, I even remember debating, like, okay, should DK Metcalf be in that situation? And I noticed he was in the auction this year. So that, that team either was either past the deadline when we did our PLP or they decided not to put the fifth-year option on Metcalf. But, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is, of course, yeah, having decided this before the injury. That's why I said it wasn't a bad move. It more unfortunate just because of the injury. You, you wouldn't have known. I think that would, I would have probably advised to pick up the fifth-year option on him, honestly, just get that, that quarterback, especially at that point, not knowing they would have had Bryce Young on their team. Yeah, there's not our answer there. had that rookie contract, I think. Yeah, but even before the NFL draft, so even long before they do their auction as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not a, that's an unfortunate result. The uh, – you know, the, the worst move you can make is overpay players, not usually like the pickup, but like overpay on multi years. The, the one year cap hit, that's not usually a mistake. It's more just bad luck in this case. Gotcha. All right, let's get to number 10. Number 10. Number 10 team ranked as high as eight and as low as 10. It is Nick Dillon. And uh, Ryan, this is your team. Okay. Um, so Nick has some really nice 
young pieces on his team to build around with like CJ Stroud, Christian Watson, George Pickens. Uh, he has the upside there. Even Sam Howell, who's gotten the starting job now, like there's young upside players to like. And the issue is there's no elite players on the team. And the mix of young and old kind of has you dabbling in that mediocrity where you're not getting high draft picks and setting yourself up for failure. Like this is a, doesn't have to be a full rebuild because you do have some young good pieces. I think Pickens has wide receiver one potential in the future. I think you can see Christian Watson as a perennial wide receiver too. Like there's a lot to like, even Schultz could be a high end tight end being there's a lack of targets there. But is this team good enough to contend for a championship this year? Probably not. And like with the running backs and depth of wide receiver, it leaves a lot to ask for. But there's a huge opportunities here for trades, even if they have bigger contracts or not. I'm trying to I'm trying to catch up on the contracts as I go. But like Looks like Kirk Cousins is only 73. Isn't that bad for quarterback on there? Especially for over three years. Yeah. That, that, like, I think you'd be hard pressed to trade Carr. There's some of the two year contract, big cap, cap hits both years, not quite to Russell Wilson. In fact, I think you, if you combine Kirk and Carr's cap hit, you essentially get Russell Wilson. So that puts that into context. It doesn't seem too bad. But yeah, I would, I would imagine between those two older guys, you're more likely to be able to trade Cousin, smaller cap hit and extra year on the contract. Plus, frankly, I have cousins ranked higher in my dynasty rankings. I think all three of us do, which yep. you can go check our all our rankings at going for two.com. Right? Um, yep. So like, I think, yeah, if you're going to trade one of those quarterbacks, it's probably cousins because that's the one that'll have more appetite from folks. Now, do people want to go a three-year contract on cousins, not knowing what his NFL future is? Cause he's only on a one-year deal in the NFL. So Kirk cousins is good enough to be, he's good enough to be a starter for yep. a while. Oh. I think so too, but you got to convince the league mates of that, right? Like anyone who believes that will probably be willing to pay the price, but some people might not. But yeah, I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. Maybe someone might trade for Carr, but you're probably not getting because the contract's so bad. Uh, I know it, it tends to happen in our leagues. Okay, bad contracts. You're sometimes you're paying to get rid of it. Maybe that might not be the case with a quarterback, but it still might. You, you're not going to get much for it because of the contract. Yeah, there's one thing to note, too, that was put in the chat just now. Uh, to get the 101, you actually have to win the tournament of the team 7 through 12. So tanking is not really something you want to do because you, if you're not good enough to get into the playoffs, you want to be at least good enough to beat the rest of the teams uh, in that, that tournament yeah. so you can get the 101. So it makes it a little bit of an interesting twist there. That yeah, this, is... year, this year picking 104 wouldn't have been too bad. You know, if you couldn't get 101, you're at least guaranteed a quarterback. Like, okay, if you couldn't get Bijan, at least the quarterback. But other years, 104 is not so great. So even missing the playoffs doesn't guarantee you that, that stud asset. Sometimes yeah. there's only three players, and you miss out on those top three. You're, you're... You'll be on all right shape next year with, this, with the quarterback class. Um, yeah, I mean, if you could, either way, you don't need three starting quarter or four starting quarterbacks right now when you could fill out some other roster spots. Like, if you could get another starter to starting caliber player to replace David Montgomery or Alec Pierce and just slide either Holler Car or the starting spot, you're in much better shape come that tournament time. Yeah. Uh, I think Jamal Williams has upside this year. He's real sneaky. 
And even Hayden Hurston at tight end is your number two tight end. Isn't bad with Carolina having, again, another team with lock of targets. Uh, there's some other dead weight, but like I said, but there's a lot, to, there's some stuff to like, and I think you can really build on this team. But I just think a couple moves that just shed some fat. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And I, I agree. That's the one thing I looked at this team. It was like, there's nobody that you get really excited about. There's a couple guys that have the potential to be exciting. Like, you know, I, I love George Pickens. He's not to the elite level yet. I think he could potentially get there. Same thing with Christian Watson. There's a, a chance he might get there. But um, you got some of the most boring running backs, you know, that are in the game right now. Dave Montgomery and Alexander Madison are pretty much sort of the run of the mill uh, you know, Dalton Schultz probably can end up being a top 12 tight end, but he's probably more the top. He's probably the 12th. Um, if that he's not super exciting, he's not going to hit that, you know, the top three echelon there. Um, so it's sort of a very average across the board lineup, I think. And I think you're right, Ryan, like trying to get somebody to fill in for David Montgomery or Alec Pierce is definitely uh, something that you want to do. And I see in the chat too, that he also has two first round picks. So again, that also helps. Uh, yeah. You know, in a situation like this, if you can get, you know, a, a good top first round pick to add to what you already have here with this, you know, good talent, it's average, but it's not, you know, it's not terrible. Um, I think this team can be turned around pretty quickly. Um, I, and uh, it's funny because it's almost the same situation as the last team. The best asset is probably the rookie quarterback. In this case, it's CJ Stroud. The last team was Bryce Young with Travis Laws. Agreed. Uh, for Nick Dillon, I think, yeah, his best asset is CJ Stroud. And I, and, I suppose that makes almost every of the three other quarterbacks tradable, the three other starters. And I wonder if Sam Howell would be a good flip early in the season when he's getting starts. He's on a rookie contract, so yeah. it'll also be cheap to move. So, because the problem with Kirk Cousins is some teams that might want him might not be able to afford him. And they would have to give up assets back that aren't necessarily helping you win, but you're taking on because of the cap hit to eat out. Uh, whereas with Sam Howell, you'll be able to move him pretty easily without having to take contracts back. Yeah, if, if Sam Howell has a good week one against the uh, the Cardinals, which you know should be a terrible mm-hmm. team, that's you know, true. Yeah, it's a good yeah, time I've to try to that, which hurts. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you break you would break up the stack, uh, and I guess and that was my next uh, I, point to make was the the tight end situation. Having the two tight ends on two year contracts, both with rookie quarterbacks, Dalton Schultz and Hayden Hurst, right? They're tied to these rookie QBs. And I kind of like how sneaky they were able to get Jake Ferguson on for a minimum contract. I would try and move one of the multi-year contract tight ends. And knowing, looking at the big difference in cap hit, it's about three times more for Schultz than Hurst. Hurst is probably the one you want to move. And I just predict Schultz will do better anyway. And you have the, the stack of Schultz and Stroud. So maybe you want to build it around that stack. I'd look to see, try and move Hayden Hurst. I know there's one team in particular we'll get to eventually that uh, oh boy, the starting tight end is uh, that's a big question mark. So they they would be the team, and I respect the way it's built, but that could would be the team in theory that should want to trade for a tight end. Maybe by the by the way they've built their team, they they're indicating that they're not going to trade for a tight end though because it's built that way. So that'll get to it a little um, bit later, but there might be teams looking for you know there, there's a few injuries in Carolina, right? Maybe Hayden Hurst gets some extra targets week one, week two, and sell them off of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sam Howell. Hayden Hurst might be two targets early in the season. That could be. I don't, I don't hate selling the McLaurin Howell stack either. Yeah, because yeah. McLaurin is twenty eight. Yeah, and you got three years left, or yeah, three years left on it. And outside of the two quarterbacks and Schultz, yeah, it looks like McLaurin's the fourth highest cap hit on this team, I believe. So 
Like that could be a, a guy you move to help free up future cap space. He's still young. Okay, people see three-year contract, not too expensive. You're paying for a good, talented player, so that might also be able to net something. Good point. All right, let's get to number nine. Number nine. Number nine team ranked as high as eight and as low as nine. It is Bobby Trees. And uh, Kyle, this is your squad. Yeah, so Bobby Trees. Um, I guess the, the one thing is, okay, you've got Saquon Barkley locked up for three years, but it, I think it's around or just over $40 million per year average or averaged out. It'll be, the RSO contracts will always escalate. It'll always be more expensive the final year. Probably a little under 40 this year. Um, but yeah, that's, it's great to have a good player locked up, but that could also cause potential problems in the future. So that might be a contract where, you know, in 2025, you're cutting him for the auction that final year to save the 20 million or whatever you would be saving. It. Hope to win him back for that or, or use that somewhere else. But I guess for now, just riding with Barkley, because it's such a big cap hit, he's pro- you're probably not going to be able to trade him. So it's, it's the bet on Barkley for these next three years, which could be a good bet. Like he might smash over these next few years with the Giants this year, whoever he's with next year might be great seasons. So it does, you know, you got the R- potential RB1 overall, certainly a guy with top five potential anchoring the team. Dak Prescott, Jordan Love, and Kenny Pickett all for I think the next three years each actually looks like Dak looks like the Dak was just one in the auction this year. So they've also got their QB situation lined up for the next three seasons entirely with a trio of quarterbacks don't love jordan loves cap hit it's going to be basically what the packers are paying him like about 20 million next year but only he's got it stretched over three years so that is a bit of a commitment for a guy we haven't seen honestly could it, i mean if he flames out and you can use the money elsewhere maybe he's even cuttable next year to be honest but you know you probably at least get two years of starts out of him um but yeah i think that the question especially with the big investment on barkley I think uh, fifth year option on Travis Etienne. That would be my, my, that was one of the first things that stood out to me is like that decision. But I think there's a few players where you're for sure picking up the fifth year option. And then guys like Zach Wilson, where you're for sure not. I think Etienne's just on the cusp there. Uh, again, especially like I, I would say having the big cap hit on Barkley already would make me as an argument to not do it because you've already invested that into a running back. You want to invest into two running backs fairly high like that. I'm not sure exactly what the, I know uh, the QB fifth year option was 36, but that will depend on position. So I'd imagine the running rack one's a little less. There aren't the $60 million guys uh, propping that contract up. Although Barkley, unfortunately probably does hurt that and increases that fifth year option. Um, So yeah. So what do you guys think? Fifth year option on Travis Etienne, let's say it's around 30 million. I'll do you first Ryan on this one. I know you, you like ETN, but I don't know how much you like him. I mean, it depends on. I don't know how much cap space they'd have left on on after that, because or the pick situation is. I like the idea of keeping him that extra year if you're if you think you can compete. Like, I'd see how the season. I wouldn't just make that decision now. I'd yeah, make it. Yeah, you definitely don't have to. If, I, if you actually team, can't make that decision now. Well, you're no, like, but like, format, but yeah. Like you pre-make that decision, like in your head, you make For that sure. decision. I mean, we're but talking like, about it right now. I'm bringing it up, so yeah. <laughs> right. If you're fin- if you finish fault. in the top three or four next year, you're not. You're gonna want to try to keep what you have together. I think that's where it is because this team has enough upside, and a couple things land right or hit. It's not bad. It's not a bad squad. Like it's really not. 
Like we end up getting a Kareem Hunt landing spot where he ends up being somewhere we get significant playing time. Odell ends up doing well in Baltimore with the new system. Jalen Hyatt balls out. Like there's some stuff to really look forward to. I'm not bringing up like the starters. I think Jordan Addison could be a superstar in the league. Like there's a lot to like, man. It's just, I think I'd play that 50 year contract on by a year, seeing how the season goes. Cause there's a few ways to go. Dak Prescott gets back to Dak Prescott. They're cl- you're cooking with gasoline. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good point. And uh, yeah, 25 million. It should be, it be, should be close to being affordable. Maybe you have to move a contract to get rid of that. But like, I see like the David and Joku contract will be up at that point. So that won't be counting on the cap. Uh, I thought I saw another one that would fire. I guess the running backs like Zeke and hunt both, they'll both be off the books by then. So, you know, th- that might mean that 2025 20, year, this team isn't so even next year, this team might not be too big on the auction. So again, I think picks might be a big factor here being the best way to acquire players or saving those pick and drafting the, the rookies. Cause uh, yeah, I guess there's a few guys on rookie contracts, Kenny Pickett, Samir White, Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. So a few players, but it seems like the core of this team is a lot of players that are, Bigger contracts, a few minimum contract players. I noticed they have both Jets running backs, Michael Carter, Israel Abanacanda, but either of them can be cut at any point. Um, and I know, like, we wouldn't really be cutting Abanacanda in dynasty leagues because, okay, he's a young rookie with, like, okay, we could have him for years, but again, in this situation, you only have him for one year. So, like, I look at that as those might be, I don't know, would you like just think of, you know, the bet on Michael Carter and Abana Kanda is just one year bets. Who would you rather have for one? Probably Abana Kanda, honestly. Michael oh, okay. Carter, I think, has seen, seen his better yeah. days. He's had his opportunity. Abana Kanda Fair still enough. has that unknown element to his game. I was going to say Carter because I, I, I get the sense that, especially early, he might be factoring on the field more with Dalvin Cook before Brees Hall gets there. But now it seems like Brees Hall might even play week one. So that, honestly, you might just cut both. But, yeah. Okay. So we, we I, prioritize I say, a little differently. <laughs> I was gonna say cut both. Cut both. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say cut both. You're and looking at you third, fourth string. You could also back. release Cordell Patterson pretty cheap. So like that that opens up three roster spots. Maybe you just fill with three other running backs. To be honest, <laughs> you're just looking for guys like uh, oh Terrace Marshall's on a minimum contract too. Like he he'd be someone I honestly I'd probably cut him first to add another running back to that room. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely cuttable at this point. I think. Um, I'd For try sure and trade David too. Njoku as well. It might be tough because a bigger cap hit. Looking, look around. I think it's the average is like almost eighteen million per year. It's not the most expensive. I think Schultz was a uh, bit higher, but like it's not like I think Hayden Hurst would be more movable because it's like even half, like less than half of what Njoku's contract is. But if you could move him, that could be something that helps free up again the cap space to at least do something in the auction. Otherwise, I guess the unfortunate thing about this team is they don't it doesn't look like they have too much cap space to get too much better than what they are now. Whereas some of these other teams, like some of the teams we just talked about, like especially the Jeff team we ranked last, they will have so much cap space that that team could look a lot better and a lot different a year from now. We're going to redo this PLP again. Which we, I certainly hope so. I love doing this. <laughs> All right, let's get to number eight. Number eight. Number eight team was ranked as high as eight and as low as 10. And it is Catalina Wine Mixon. And uh, Ryan, this is your squad here. Um, now that I've been a little bit more educated on how these rookie contracts get from listening to Cal, uh, I like this team, I think, more than I originally did. 
because you have these young assets at wide receiver. Chris Olave's on his rookie deal, still so young. Jackson Smith and Jigba, again, rookie, should be super hard. Dalton Kincaid has tight end one potential immediately. There's some really, really good young pieces. You have your franchise quarterback. Dobbins should be back to normal this year. Him and Mixon isn't a bad combination. There's receivers, tight end. I don't love starting two tight ends with him and Waller, but I think Waller is self-sustainable this year in that offense. Um, Jeff is much more of an IU person than I am. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is, he can hit there, and he played well with uh, Brock Purdy. So this is the first starting lineup where that we've seen so far. There. I'm pretty confident with even Desmond Ritter, who everybody's kind of poo-pooing this offseason. He has rushing upside. He has two really good weapons and an unbelievable running game, which means his life should be easy in play action. He'll have red zone rushing opportunity, especially if he's running zone raids with Bijan. He's a lot more solid as you can get. Uh, you got young players on your bench, like also rookie deals with Jaden Reed, who has a ton of upside, who's flash, who's flash for Green Bay this offseason. Roshan Johnson, who, if you've listened to any Young for Two podcast, is just be <laughs> like, I, I kind of like this team. I, yeah. I really, like, there's a lot of good pieces on it. You have some truly just roster cloggers at the bottom, but who cares at this point? Like, they're not terrible ones. Cleo Herbert has upside, who's somebody you can move during the season uh, if he ends up being the running back there. But either way, you're kind of protected there with Roshan. This isn't bad team. I don't know if it's a championship contender right away, but it has the makings of being one with a move or two. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And I had this team ranked at number at eight, you know, the highest of the group. And, you know, you look at those running backs on the bench, and they're pretty much all an entry away from being starters. You got Keontae Ingram, who's behind James Conner, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Kula Herbert is the starter in Chicago, at least as of right now. Uh, Tajay Spears, and then if Claire Herbert that's a starter, then you got Roshan Johnson there. Um, all viable players, all on the bench. You mentioned the running backs he has starting with J.K. Dobbins, Joe Mixon. He's got the young receivers. He's got a young tight end. He's got you know he's got a lot to go uh, going for him here. Uh, I'm curious, Kyle, to what your thoughts are on this team. Yeah, I, I uh, between them and Bobby Trees, I think I ended up having Bobby Trees at eight and this team at nine. I think it was. Uh... You know, the Barkley contract, which I felt could be problematic, I weighed that against the Darren Waller contract, which is less average cap hit than Barkley, but there's also an extra year on that. And then Waller's age, I don't know, usually tight ends could go a little longer than, say, running backs. I still worry about that. And especially with Kincaid, you're essentially going to, the if Kincaid hits, the potential value you have with Kincaid on a rookie deal is kind of wasted on how much money you're spending on Waller. He's going to be tough to trade probably because of how long his contract is. So unless you can find a, a good way to get off of him, it'd be probably tough to move. And you're, you're probably selling at such like you're almost giving him away or that that might be a, a bad enough contract where someone would you know, send me a fourth and I'll take him off of you. Uh, but in, that's a lot of points you're losing this year. Right. So but like this would also be the time you'd probably get the most value out of it because he's producing the best So that that does leave in a bit of a tricky situation i think uh, and dobbins mix in that those lead running backs he has both on rookie contracts so or at the end of well i guess dobbins the end of a rookie contract but the last year they're contract. so you know even starting next year 
Khalil Herbert as the clear RB one on the team. You know, maybe at that point Roshan overtakes him, and you know Herbert's a cut. But then it's okay, Roshan and another rookie, either Spears or Ingram. That that's your main starter. So I think that the contract on Waller could limit the ability to go get an RB one next year. I think Lamar Jackson is the, the highest cap hit of any player in the league right now, but he's also the type of player that like that's worth it. Like you, like so, it, I mean, it's technically a little more money than Wilson, another three-year contract or three years left on Wilson's contract. Um, but I think you'd much rather pay a little bit more for Lamar than than Wilson. So I don't view that contract as as the reason this team might not be able to make moves. I think it really is the contract. Uh, does scare me that Ritter's the QB two? Um, I find interesting they have uh, Huntley for three years, but I think like close to nine million average, or just over nine million average. I think over those three years, that's that's a lot to pay for a backup quarterback. I get it because the upside, if Lamar ever went out, Huntley's got the skill set where he has a lot of upside as a backup quarterback. Uh, like, how long do you think? Do you like for the like three years left on Huntley's contract, Foss? Do you think Huntley will be on the Ravens still three years from now? Uh, no, because he was restricted free agent this year. Yeah. So even he was, on exclusive, he was on the exclusive tag. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. There's a chance he walks. And but I, think, I don't, I don't know if he's the kind of guy who's gonna get money somewhere else. Though, just because he's probably he's just gonna be system. another backup, right? Right. And the fact is, he's in that system. He's backed up Lamar. The team trusts him. Is the grass really gonna be greener if he goes somewhere else? In Baltimore's proven time and time again that their guys kind of just fit their system and they don't get those chances. So that might be a player to even just to cut next year, right? And you okay, save the, you know, almost 5 million, the four, you know, 4.7 million, whatever it'd be over the next two seasons. And at least use that to somewhat help the, the RB problem. You know, if you cut Huntley, cut Khalil Herbert, that's probably you know, 11 million saved for next year. And can, can that 11 million be the difference in getting a running back and not? So, like, there are ways to potentially help that. Um, but, yeah, the, the, again, the Waller contract hurts, I guess, beside Waller and Kincaid, every other tight end is just on a one-year deal. And if that is your long-term tight end room with the potential to flex them, I guess especially losing so many start like, a lot of good starters this year, but there's a few, again, mentioned Mixon, Dobbins, Ayuk, all at the, on the last years of their rookie mm. contracts. And you maybe don't want to start Kincaid too much this year, but the, the thought next year in a tight end premium league, can't move Waller and you've got to start him. Start both. Start Waller and Kincaid, and that's your tight end room. On their bye weeks, you're only playing one of them, but you don't really need a back, backup tight ends. Then, like, you can know, maybe afford that luxury this year, but spending 10 million on, like you did, like Gerald Everett's contract, I wouldn't want to do that next year with the with having Waller on such a big contract. So, this team can afford to just go with two tight ends and then build the depth everywhere else. Save that money out. Good call. All right, let's get to team number seven. Number seven. Number seven was ranked as high as six and as low as seven. It is Jackie Moon. And Ryan, this is your team here. Um, this team has just superstars packed through it with McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cop, Chubb, Travis Kelsey. But they're also huge, huge contract hits, which probably, in you know, and I'm just probably the reason their quarterback room is just garbage hey there's two first overall picks at quarterback there and yeah. Garoppolo might be better than both <laughs> yeah that's a good point Stafford and Mayfield over one overall and then you got Garoppolo in the mix there that's three great cheap contracts to have but I think oh, Garoppolo is the only one they have next year and who knows if he's a starter I mean if he is 
at his cap, and I think it's going to be like just I think it might be under five million next year. That'll be great to have that as a starter, but as your only starter is definitely scary. This team is all in right now. Like their championship or bust with the ages of these guys. There's a few really awesome young pieces with Gibbs. I love Mar- the idea of Marvin Mims uh, on the bench and Quentin Johnson, but man, it's old, it's expensive, and I don't know. You should be able to win with these quarterbacks, but it'll be close. Even Kelsey and tight end premium. Like you're built to win now. They should have a. Ch- they should make a run at it now. And I don't know if they have cap space. Who doesn't say it on they have any cap space left there, Cal? It should say that right at the top corner. Uh, you see it says cap space on the screen. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1.5. Yeah. I don't have that straight. Oh. You so, look so on the, the restream screen. Oh, so yeah, they're, bro- they're, up, they're yeah. broke as Joe. <laughs> well, 1.5, that's, that's enough to get you three minimum contracts. And I mean, to be fair... You can cut on this team, Khalil, Shakir, Paris Campbell, Allen Robinson. You cut all three of them right now. That saves $1.5 million. You double your cap space just on... Oh, and James Robinson. That's a guy that's immediately cut, right? Like, so there's, there's four players right there that you know, cut at no additional cost. And you know, cut all four, you save $2 million. You do have four open roster spots. But yeah, that, that could be our ways to save a bit of money at this point. And, and the other thing, too, is at any point, you can put any player on injured reserve and you will save half their cap hit for the year but unless your league rule has at league has rules to allow them to come off if you put a player in ir in an rso league they're on there for the rest of the year you can't just do it to temporarily save cap and bring them up yeah uh, Arley, the league i'm in we actually do that but that's the commissioner's manually control that we've got to designate those players and the the default setting is ir is permanent for the year. so if you need to just save money on a big contract usually if a player gets hurt save the cap hit that makes um, sense good point i've done that though where before the auction i'll throw a player on injured reserve that i've cut them uh, because they have extra years and i'll just save it for this year um and then just say uh, like that player's a dead asset in our league they they no one's starting them and they're still on my roster but uh that's a good decision to make kind of before the auction if you want to save money going into so real quick, Kyle, let me make sure I clarify that. Do they have to be injured to go on IR? Or can you just put literally anybody on yeah, IR? You, you can want? put any player on, on injured reserve, which I think is the reason they make it so. Okay, but if you do it, you They're don't done. get them back. That makes sense. That makes sense. I remember I almost regretted that one year. Uh, CJ Anderson with the Rams. And when he was with the Panthers, he was barely being used. And I think I had a big cap hit on him. So I put him on injured reserve. He gets released, goes to the Rams. And then late in the season, it's like, oh, I could. I think I had Todd Gurley on the team. And then I, there was that one championship game <laughs> yeah, was out. I could have used him. Luckily, I think I won anyway. The rest of my team and Zach Ertz went off crazy. The rest of my team made up. I, oh, yeah, Damian Williams. Damian Williams, uh, that, one, uh, that one year where he was the, the fantasy playoff hero. But, yeah, those, those you could regret it in theory. Um, so, yeah, be selective. And some leagues might also have number, like, cap on number of injuries. Usually, it can be used, but, yeah, use it selectively. I've seen some people do it for, like, a, a Son Haskins, for instance. They don't want to cut him. Still a rookie contract. Use it in future years. I mentioned that earlier, potentially cutting him. You do it more to save the roster spot than you do to save the cap space and not have to get rid of the player. I like doing it if, okay, I've paid this player a little too much and I don't want to pay him all. Forget it. Even if he's usable as a starter this year, no one gets to start. 
Yeah, I think I, I had this team at seven, and when I look at this team, like like Ryan mentioned, the the top half of this team is is phenomenal. Christian McCaffrey, Jefferson, Kelsey, Cup, Chubb, Adams. But I feel like when you get down to the bottom there, if you have any kind of semblance of injuries whatsoever, you're putting guys in like like some of the guys we mentioned. Like, I mean, Dwayne McBride got cut from his own team. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Allen Robinson, Alan, Adam Thielen. Uh, I guess you got Bateman. Bateman's got a chance to be still good. Khalil, Khalil Shakur got replaced by uh, Deontay Hardy, Paris Campbell. Um, so it's a tough, tough bench. The, the start lineup is amazing. I think, you know, puts them in that win-now mode for sure. But uh, it's it's tough once you get past that starting lineup for sure. And then, again, like the last we talked about, a lot of those starters aren't going to be on the team next year. No contracts with Stafford, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, all of them on expiring contracts. So you've got some pieces. Nick Chubb will still be there. The receivers will all be there. I think next year is Justin Jefferson's fifth-year option. So his cap it will also go up drastically, though. Worth it because it's Jefferson. Uh, but, yeah, so you still got those. You know, is there a chance this year if, if they're smashing that Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams is tradable? I'd look to be explore trading both. Even if you could just get one traded, that helps your future cap in years from now. Good point. But you lose out a lot of points, right? So that's... Uh, Again, some team would have to have enough cap space to be able to make that work. I, I would explore trying to trade both at it. All right, let's get to number six. Number six. Number six team ranked as high as four and as low as seven, which I think is the biggest disparity we've had so far. Uh, and this is Team Ringers. And uh, Kyle, take it away. Yeah, so this is maybe the first team where we can really talk about like multiple players next year for the fifth-year option. Because uh, they've got Justin Fields and Mac Jones both on rookie contracts. So next year before the draft, uh, it looks like uh, Fields was the 107 and Mac Jones was the 110. So I believe that they're both eligible. Just be the first round players eligible. For this. Yeah, I think uh, in theory could have both at what do they say it was 36 million for quarterbacks. I I think that's worth it on Fields. I don't think I would do it on Jones though. I don't know how you feel, Jeff. I think that's how I would go, but I would put the, the option on field just to ensure. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, unless Jones, I mean, unless he really balls out this year, and I don't see that happening. I think it's definitely Fields, but I would do it, and not Jones or Trey Lance for that matter, because he's also in that same rookie class. Yeah, you know what? Yes, <laughs> that, that was almost a no brainer there, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So 39 million for quarterback. So yeah, no to Mac Jones. And this is uh, Trenton. I, I don't know if Trenton Laws is, is ringers, and he's, he's already telegraphing that for the rest of the, of the, uh, the league. Or if that's just another manager seeing like, yeah, there's no way that uh, Ringers is going to that option. Um, so, yeah, so notes for this team, though, after the fifth-year option, um, I guess part of what helps. And next year, there'll be some benefit having two starting quarterbacks. And I, I don't think Lance will be starting uh, next year. Uh, but that's potential three quarterbacks on a rookie contract. La- next year would be the last year to benefit from it. And there are opening caps based with, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins all on the final years of their fight. Uh, Calvin Ridley, too, but he's still pretty cheap. So, um, but yeah, I think that'll, that'll open up a ton of cap space that we don't really have and kind of maybe rebuild some other positions. Maybe that's how they get another quarterback into that room as well. For, I've got an RSO team where it's Fields, Mac Jones, but I also have Kirk Cousins. And I like Mac Jones a lot more as a third quarterback than I would. Yeah, good point. That might be, again, I, I think, you know, is, is there a trade to make to have that happen this year? That might be tough. 
you know, maybe the Calvin Ridley contract is actually really tradable. Final year of a contract. So, you know, teams trading for it would see it as a rental. They don't have future cap to worry about with them. It's still pretty cheap. So enough teams would be able to afford it. So that might be one to consider moving, but that's also probably this team's wide receiver. Someone was saying uh, ringers too low, Zachary was saying. So um, I guess the sentiment is this is a competitive team that, that could go far. Dallas Goddard at tight end, you have that difference maker. You have a, a contract to pay for, but stability with the... Uh, there was another team earlier where it was, you know, the contracts are parallel, like two years left on both tight ends, three years left on both tight ends in this case, Dallas Goddard, Irv Smith. I think there was uh, Dalton Schultz, Hayden Hurst, and it feels really similar to that, where that second guy is expensive, but enough, cheap enough. Oh, Ridley is three years left. I must have missed that. My bad. Um, well, okay, that, that, that does at least give them a, uh, you know, if Ridley smashes this year, that does give them a long-term wide receiver one, because I was thinking... There was a potential where, especially if you, because you could release Hunter Renfro next year. Things don't go well with the Raiders this year. He goes to a team and not really seeing the targets. That might be cut next year. My fear was going to be you don't only have Jamison Williams under contract. So that would be really, really needing to, all that money we talked about saving from Mara Cook and Hopkins not being there. You have to just reinvest that all to wide receiver. At least Ridley gives a body under contract. Yeah. Uh, Irv Smith's the guy I'm, I'm considering trading. Three years left on the contract. Maybe someone wants that for the term, especially if he's doing well with the Bengals early, high-powered offense. Maybe there's a market for him, a bit like Hayden Hurst mentioned earlier. So, if that, you know, I think whichever team wants to buy a tight end, they'll have kind of their pick of a few different teams with multiple tight ends at different price ranges that they make the cap hit work with. So for the teams that have those tight ends, it's to maybe be aggressive, be the one, go out, send offers. As the say, go to the door to door salesman, don't let them go to the store where they get to pick who they want. Send them an offer first. Maybe that's how things get done. All right. Anything you want to add to this team, Ryan? Here, anything that you saw that you liked or didn't like? Um, no, so there's some, I said there's some decent young guys on there. I love the Kendry Miller on the bench, but I don't know. There's not a lot of, yeah, there's not a ton of young pieces I'm in love with on this team. Uh, like I having James Cook, Miller, and Charbonnet. Like that's like at least three rookie running back or running backs on rookie contracts to build the core around. But yeah, there's not that like true RB one on the team next no. year when Kamara and Cook are gone. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have to spend on it somewhere else. But there's no again, it's another team I don't other than Justin Field, I don't think there's an elite asset. Yeah. And that's why I was probably the lowest on it. Cause a lot of times in fantasy football, uh you base your you build your team around the stars and kind of build the rest around it. Yeah, the stars win you games. Because how many times you're gonna have those young guys that are gonna hit and blow up on those rookie deals, or and you don't have stars, it's wasted. Agreed. All right, let's get to team number five. Number five. Number five team ranked as high as four and as low as seven. And this team is Chalupa Batman. And Kyle, you're up again. Yeah, so this team named Christopher Benjamin. I do wonder if the manager's name is actually Chris. That would be funny. (laughs) I do get the league reference on the name. Uh, Love this league. Uh, Probably more than the show, the actual show of the league. Love RSO. (laughs) That's that's, that's what we really want to see. so I guess uh, there's a, I guess back to the fifth year option talk, 
that's maybe an interesting way to start off. There's two players eligible for fifth drop. Devontae Smith and Javante Williams. If I have it correct, it looks like Devontae Smith made it as a first rounder. I think he was the 111 2021. Uh, but yeah, uh, 2021 draft. So yeah, so I think, I guess, again, it, it'll depend on what the amounts are per position. So I don't know if someone in the chat can, uh, if they've already mentioned it, what the fifth year options are on wide receivers and running backs. Uh, running backs are 25. They didn't say receivers. Okay. Running backs, 25. Yeah. Um, trying to think, I guess, based on the contracts in this league, uh, there's some big ones at both positions. I would imagine running backs a little bigger though, like that Barkley contract probably inflates it a little. So if it's anywhere close to 25. I think Devonte Smith is an easy pick. I think for a fifth year option, if you've got the caps. Now, this one thing is a little bit like the Etienne argument with that Barkley team. Are you going to use the fifth year option on a, on a position where you're already heavily invested in big uh, three year or in some cases, four year contracts on DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson and Tyreek Hill. Wide receivers a little less. So, yeah, I think if you're only going to if you only have the cap space to if your option one, I, I think I would still go Devontae Smith pretty easily over Javante. Maybe running back is scarcer and tougher to get in theory. But I don't know, just the player who Devontae Smith is. Um, I, I would be I would you know, make and maybe make the cap space worse worth to get both what do you guys think is there a better option at 50 option between the two no i was looking at the cap space that he currently has it looks like he has about nine million in current cap space i don't know how much that sways things one way or the other well i mean the fifth year option will be in two years right? two so years. That, it's it all it's all about the future cap uh if i had to choose it'd be Devonte smith just because wide receivers have more value and more longevity Javante williams coming off an injury i'd preferably keep both if i could but It'd definitely be Javante Smith. Why not dominate the wide receiver position and have that with your flex? With four, you have four fantastic wide receivers that way, and you can kind of fill out around there. Running backs, you have Brees Hall is young enough. Like you can fill that in. Running back is replaceable. It's the thing we've just seen in the league time after time again. In the real NFL. A lot of depth at wide receiver because on top of those, like if, if you were to pay Devontae Smith as a big four, paid him alongside Metcalf, Deontay, and Tyreek, there's Zay Flowers, Rondale Moore, Wandale Robinson still on rookie deals. He says I, he's, I get, he's, his plan is to extend both of them uh, as long as they're not injured. So, yeah. And it looks like it's $23 million for uh, for a receiver on a fifth-year option. Yeah, so I think if the cap space is there, I think the one thing that helps is, uh, unfortunately, though it's the problem, they don't have a quarterback under contract next year. Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, looks like they're on an expiring contract. So now next year's cap hit isn't even when these fifth year options would take place. It'll be 2025. So next year would be the year to kind of like hone in on those quarterbacks in the auction. Whether I mean, if Jones and Goff are both available, we'll know for sure them. And then maybe some other quarterbacks as well. Maybe some even better quarterbacks like they'll be available in the auction. So it'd be to go hard on them next year while you can. Um, Suppose Akers and Tony Pollard are on expiring contracts, so you really go into an RB room next year with Brees Hall, Javante, and Josh Kelly. But if you solidify at wide receiver and you've got Andrews locked in long term, that makes the auction pretty easy next year. You're, you're basically spending all your money on quarterback, not worrying about any other position where the depth is already there. I guess the one thing is no backup tight end for Mark Andrews' bye week because the backup tight end is Isaiah Likely. So he's got the handcuff. When that bye week comes, they will need to add a player. Take, take that, Al. 
But I think the thing to do there, I wouldn't go and trade for a tight end now. Uh, I looked it up in the Ravens bye week is week 13, right? It's a pretty late, late bye week. Yeah. So that, that gives you basically 12 weeks of information to figure out who the, the, the best matchups are for tight ends. And you've got 12 weeks. You don't necessarily have to do it week 12, but you have that time to figure out that and pick up a tight end that you, you're looking at specifically for that matchup. You can wait to see like who's getting targets. And again, what the, the defensive matchups are to target that week 13. Go off that maybe week 10, week 11, you can pick up that ideal tight end for free, like a, a minimum dollar contract that once that bye week passes, you can just drop them for free and there's no dead cap. That's probably how I would play it because probably never going to, like any t- tight end you're picking up the waivers, you're never going to start them over Mark Andrews. And if Andrews ever gets hurt, you're probably just playing likely anyway. So yeah, that's not point. something that has to be addressed now. Because um, I'm looking at the like, minimum contracts, they've got Kenny Nwongu, Gus Edwards, Leonard Fournette. You have time to wait to see if Fournette finds a team. But if he hasn't found a team by like week 10, 11, that's the player you cut for that tight end. Um, Kenny Nwongu, I don't expect much. It seems like his role in the team is more based special on special teams. teams. Yeah. Uh, Ty Chandler looks to be the main backup, so he could be someone that could also be released. I like Gus Edwards enough. I'm sure Ryan would agree there too, especially with them getting rid of Melvin Gordon. It looks like that main main backup G- to get the most G- carries. Gus was never in question there. <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's more that to me, I, th- I thought Gus was going to make the team. I'm actually surprised Justice Hill and Keaton Ke- Mitchell both made the team. My thought was Melvin Gordon is good enough that he'll eat into Gus Edwards' work. But now, like, Justice Hill, as much as I've, I did spend a first-round pick on him back in the day in an ill-advised attempt to really get hone in on running back, but uh, he's never been as good as I've expected him to be. He's certainly never been good enough to take carries away from Gus Edwards. I don't think the UDFA Keaton Mitchell will as well. So, Gus, like, to me, Gordon was talented enough to do that, but no one else will. So, yeah, I love Mi- Gus Mitchell will, pl- Mitchell will play ahead of uh, Hill. Justice Hill, that's how Hill. Oh, Ju- Hill, was Hill, Justice Hill. Yeah. Hill is there because he's great at special teams. That's ah, why he's still on the team. That's why I saw the appeal. But yeah, Gus Edwards, great contract to have him on a minimum contract because you know, as the potential fourth, I guess, fifth RB on this team this year, there might be weeks where he gets uh, starters. So. Trenton says he's got one first rounder next year because someone asked in the chat how his, uh, yeah. his draft picks look there. So one, his, I don't know if it's his or not, but he definitely has at least one pick. All right, we ready for team four? Uh, yeah, I think I went through everything I needed on that team. All right. Number four. Team four was ranked pretty flat, uh, as high as four, as low as five, and is dad life. Ryan, you know nothing about dad life, so uh, break this team down, though. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, dude, I, I kind of mentioned before how you have to have your star players, and they have two superstars on their team, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes who, no matter what the rest of your roster looks like, long as they're breathing, they're going to keep you in matchups every single week. Like, they're going to put up that many fantasy points where you're kind of just filling it around it, which a lot of it did. Like, they have solid pieces. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, once he goes back, if he plays, gives you the RB1 in those weeks. Potential with those quarterbacks are in good shape. Rashad White could, should be a solid RB2. DJ Moore has, I mean, he's an RB2 for life, or wide receiver two for life, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think Swift's kind of in that same range. Uh, you have some questions with Burks and starting spot being he's hurt. And the upside with Dolchich is very fun. Uh, I like Hall on the bench to protect your Jonathan Taylor thing, which might end up working out well for you. 
Dante Foreman even has kind of upside. We mentioned two other Chicago backs. He wasn't bad in Carolina last year, and he gets some he can get some serious burn. Um, wide receiver wise, I like some of your bench receivers a good bit. Cortland Sutton with Judy out, will has high upside, and same with Juju without receiving core in New England being just a bunch of stinkers. <laughs> This team, as long as you fill in well with Mahomes and Allen, and hopefully Taylor, Taylor, you're in good shape, man. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of wins. I don't know if it's fully gonna win a championship. You're gonna have to get on a hot streak, but you have the players who could get on that streak. Yeah, and there's enough young guys. There's not a ton of young guys for the future, but just go all in. Yeah, I think at this point. Mahomes and, and Josh Allen is is an amazing combo. It's it's kind of like uh, uh, I'm sure everybody's seen those TikToks where they show the girl without the makeup and then it plays the music and then it flashes and then she has the makeup on. Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes cover up a lot of things that yeah. can be wrong with the roster. They're they're like the the, the makeovers. Yeah, those you two guys hope, in the squad. You just hope the makeup is from the night before doesn't disappear by the championship game. <laughs> yeah. and you're disappointed in the morning. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say like. I, you know, we probably don't have to worry about this, but I'm sure all of our, our uh, partners in our life spend far too much money on makeup. Not because like they're buying too much makeup, just because that stuff is so expensive. expensive. So, expensive. but that's really apropos because the, like, like I think basically Mahomes and Allen count for cap half the cap hit for wow. the next three years each, which is great because you don't really have to address quarterback. You can just throw in it. I mean, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, and Matt Corral are already on the team. <laughs> like. It may be upgrade on them a little bit, but but honestly, like it's just cheap guys. Um, yeah, like yeah, I'm, I'm even thinking of like all the leagues I've ever played in RSL. Like I can't remember two players being paid that much on the same team. We're talking okay, the, the Lamar Jack contract is so big, and that had, I think that team had Waller as well, and that was extreme to a certain extent. But yeah, this is crazy. But again, it's it does allow a lot of upside, and it, you know, put all the money elsewhere. They don't have too much spent at tight end. Only two tight ends on the roster, Juwan Johnson, Cole Komet. Met last year of a rookie deal. Looks like Johnson, I think, has three years left. Fairly cheap. Uh, like even cheaper than Aiden Hurst, I believe. So that's someone where if you have to walk into next year with only Juwan Johnson on roster, my RSO team, which is converting to a tight end premium league next year, that's essentially the, the situation I'm going to be in. Only him on a cheap contract. And he might not be up to par to everyone else's tight end one. But he, if you can get close enough to where you're getting advantages at every other position, like you know, Josh Allen is your QB too, is getting, there's no one else that can match that really. I mean, I guess there are, yeah, we're getting to a couple teams with some good quarterbacks, but for the most part, that's a huge mismatch advantage at that specific spot that'll cover up if you're not as strong at tight ends. So, uh, yeah, spend all the money at this point, like next year's auction, any money they have is probably spent on running back. DeAndre, I mean, I guess they'll have Taylor on next year's fifth-year option, and then Rashad White on a rookie deal. Deontay Foreman still is a cheap year next year. Uh, but after that, they don't really have anything else, so running back depth next year might end up being a problem. Although the, the amount of money they're spending on Mahomes, Allen might might be the thing that prevents them from getting any good decent RB depth. Get good at drafting. Get good at drafting, but can you also do things to free up some cap space? I'm looking at... There, so there's like... 
four main receiver contracts next year that aren't rookie deals. So they've got like Romeo Dubs, Nico Collins, Traylon Burks. So you can backfill the team with that wide receiver depth, but they've got four guys next year. Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I'd look to try and move one. None of the cap... I mean, Mike Evans is probably the one you're going to be able to move the least. He's got the largest cap hit, uh, over $20 million average uh, over two years. DJ Moore has a three-year contract. Some teams might find that appealing because, okay, longer term, I, I'm investing, say, it's draft picks, and I'm getting lot more term out of that with DJ Moore. But other teams might see that as, okay, I don't want to spend future cap that much yet. So some teams might like DJ Moore for that. Other teams, yeah, you can cut Mahomes and save $35 million, of course, <laughs> yeah. What should he use the $35 million for? Well, Mahomes is available. Can I get him? Um, but yeah. So some teams might like that extra year on DJ Moore. Other teams might actually prefer the two-year contract on Cortland Sutton. So I'd look to see what kind of draft pick you can get for Sutton. Right now might actually be a great time to trade away Sutton because Judy's injury. There might be a lot of hype on him right now. He goes out and he doesn't produce immediately with Judy out of the lineup. He's any trade value he potentially could have. He's dead. So that might be a move I'd look to entertain right now. The one I would I'd want to hold on to the most is Juju. Uh, under $7 million average for three years. That's a nice contract to have, especially if he's the top target on the Patriots. We saw how many targets they were given Jacoby Myers, who, funny enough, is also on this team. Um, like That's, that's a, a great contract to have, but that also might mean someone's willing to pay good, either draft capital or another good contract back to get him. So he's the one I at least want to move, but because of that, he's probably the one that would fetch the biggest results. So... I'd look to try and trade one of those four wide receivers. And that way you're at least saving something. That's why I think like Sutton's the one that screams to me, try and try and trade away Sutton right now to maximize on the value. You know what? And I did that too. And this is, and this is what I did with Sutton. I, it was, I signed him the year he tore his ACL and he was going to be like, I think I had Cooper cup on that team, but he was essentially like, I was expecting him to be my wide receiver too. And bam, like got one game out of him or whatever it was and tore his ACL. And that next offseason, there was still hype on him. Like, if you would have traded Cortland Sutton coming off the ACL tear, you're probably expecting a second-round pick. I heard that a lot. Like, people were willing to, but you know, contending team late second, I'll give that up for Sutton on that chance. I gave him up for a third. And my thinking was, I specifically targeted, uh, shout-out to the Scott Fishbowl Potathon, it was a league with Sal Lito. And Sal had the most cap space that year by, like, a wide margin. And I ended up selling Sutton to him for a third. My thinking was I'm underselling the value, but I'm putting this receiver's cap hit on the specific team I would most want it to be on. It increases his caps, lowers mine, so then suddenly we were a lot closer. And I remember Antonio Gibson was the big player in the auction that year, and I wanted him so bad, and so did Sal. It, it, it turned out pretty big, and I think if I hadn't made that move initially, Sal probably would have won Gibson that year. And Gibson did all right, especially that year. He had the shin splints. Once he came back from that bye week, he was actually killer. Could help me on, on a playoff run and I'm winning the league that year. And that difference might have been the cap hit I was able to save. The, the third, the player I got for the third, honestly, I think it was Nico Collins, which is funny enough, is on this team. But I, whatever I got out of Nico Collins was less relevant than the cap space I saved. And again, with a direct competitor. So sometimes even underselling the player, you get a pick back that, oh, this player should be worth a second, but you only get a third. Sometimes it's just not having the cap space. That's the biggest benefit. And you get a third, that's, that's bonus. Kyle's out here playing 
chess and they're all playing checkers. <laughs> He's trading Sutton to get. Gibson and I remember later run. that year, Sal was excited when we got to the draft. I'm like, where, where, where's my third? Why didn't I have a third? And then I was like, oh, no, I trade. I, you know, you gave it to me for Sutton, and he was excited about it. So he, Sal, still felt like he won. I think he went far that year too. So he benefited from it, but I got more benefit of it just being on his team, regardless of how many points he scored with Sutton. Right. Good call. Yeah. All right, let's get to team number three. Number three. Number three team ranked as high as two and as low as three. I, I've noticed that a lot of these were pretty much uh, pretty much on par for most of these teams. We're pretty much in, in agreement on most of them. They're pretty flat. Uh, this team is two infinity and Bijan and uh, Kyle. Now you just name. you just talked for uh, for a good while. So now you get to do it again here. This is your squad. Well, I was going to say, you've got to introduce that better. To infinity and Bijan! <laughs> like, you got to really stretch the Bijan there. Uh, like, those long runs he's going to have. you got to really make a long run on that A. Uh, but, yeah, having, honestly, in a, you know, Bijan, four years left on his rookie contract, might be one of the most, if not the most appealing player to have. I, I'd imagine he was the rookie 101 this year. Um, but just knowing that, like, again, the, the, like, I think, and this was mentioned in, in the message that sent us, a quarterback, you would devalue slightly based off a normal league, right? You, oh, you know, I draft Patrick Mahomes and start up, I get him for the life cycle of this league. That's not always the case. So if you're looking at like four years max, that like these are the four years you'd want Bijan and to have him market value, he's making like 25% of what Saquon Barkley's. To have that value at a running back is so huge. To have that, like, or any young producing player is so huge that he might be like the most valuable contract in this team at this current moment. If not the most valuable, certainly one of the most valuable. So this team just having that, hence why they're so excited putting the team name makes sense. But that will certainly help them. Like the running back room this year is great. Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Bijan Robinson, four hammers that you're smashing. No Eckler and Henry next year, but then that also might help the cap space. Because as impressive as that, those four running backs are, the quarterback trio of Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, that's a ton of production this year. The biggest downside of this team, why it might not even, like, the difference why it's not two or one, this is Jalen Hurts last season. And late draft pick, no fifth-year option. There was no way to get him beyond this. So one thing, to infinity and be John, that might be what they have to spend next year to get Hurts back in the auction. <laughs> I'd imagine he's going to be the, the prize piece in the auction. We've talked about so many teams. Save up money for the quarterbacks. Everyone's going to be going after Hurts. So uh, the advantage is like you know, not having Brady Cooks on the on the cap for next year. Um, you know, some players like that again expiring with the the running backs Eckler, Henry, self. You essentially just pull it all together to try and get Hurts, or make the decision to just ride with Geno Smith, Brock Purdy. That's the decision that's going to have to be made next year. You don't have to worry about that this year. Um, if for whatever reason this team isn't contending. I do wonder, though, on, on you know, last year of Jalen Hurts' rookie contract, if you wanted to sell him, you could probably get a haul, even for a rental player. If, I think we expect this team to compete, though. So this team is probably just... I think what we would all do is just ride Hurts out. Yep. Like Just try to see, champ with him this year, and if you don't get him in the auction next year, then so be it. At least you won a title. They said uh, Tua got traded for Purdy and Musgraves in the third. So oh. they have Tua as their starting quarterback and Geno on the bench. Really? Okay. That's a legit contender. Well, like, and, they're making a run this year. Yeah. Even no, without sure. that, but that is nice. Yeah. 
That's and then I guess the talk of the fifth year option. This is this one is interesting. So I think first off, Chase at twenty three million. Yeah, I think you easily take that. Um, now, because I'd imagine you have to make that decision before the auction. The only reason I wouldn't do it is if, well, knowing that future cap it in twenty five, is that what prevents me from getting hurts that year? Probably not. Like I think I would still. And yeah, Tua would be in the final year of his rookie contract. So it's it's almost okay. So this team is real. I guess has really gone in on that. Geno Smith, Jalen Hurts, and Tua. I, I think that's that's who. Yeah, Infinity has. So having two quarterbacks on expiring contracts, it's great for this year because it's cheap enough to get both get both Hurts and Tua with Geno. Like playing the matchups between the three is great this year. Yeah, next year only having Geno might be a little scary. Uh, but yeah, I think Chase. Uh, this team actually has three potential players for the fifth year option, 2025. So Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, and Kyle Pitts. And I think Chase is an obvious one. I don't know about the other two though. What do you guys think? So Kyle Pitts, Chase is a potentially yes for me. Chase, I mean Harris, definitely not. I don't think I would pick up a fifth year option uh, on on Harris, but. Pitts is definitely one I'd have to really think long and hard about because everybody's still valuing him as a top tight end, and if he has that breakout season, that fifth year could be worth it. Wait, didn't you say Eckler and Henry down after this year? Yep, for sure. Then you definitely pick up the fifth-year option on Harris and Pitts because if you let Harris walk, you have Bijan and no other running backs. I guess the one thing is they could win running backs in the auction next year. But you're going to have to make that decision on Harris before you know that. But how many running backs are going to be in the auction better than Najee? Well, you're going to have Austin Eckler or Derrick Henry, for instance, right? This team is losing. You were old as shit, though. Exactly, right? Like, yeah. So I could see the argument on... I could see the argument on on putting the fifth-year option on all three. But that will be something where, again, that, that 2025 cap hit on all three of them, that might, you know... I suppose it's a good thing that Hertz is up for like the auction this next coming year because you that 2024 cap hit won't be affected by those fifth year options. So you might be able to still win Hertz, whereas it might be tougher to win players in the auction in 2025. So it might time out well. So I guess the idea of whether you go in on Hertz or not probably shouldn't change the fifth year options too much. But I think it's just each of those three players individually. Um, yeah, it'll be because I noticed they do have Jalen Warren as well. Uh, who I think is basically making the same as Najee Harris yeah. <laughs> in, in this league for both years. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I guess the one thing, if they do pick up the fifth year option on Kyle Pitts, it would really motivate me to want to sell Chigakonkwa. That's a pretty good uh, contract for four years. I think the average is just under 7 million. So, you know, there's some other, there's bigger tight end contracts on players that maybe have less hype than Chig. So I do wonder if, to sell Chig would motivate me more to pick up that fifth-year option on Kyle Pitts. Now, if you're thinking Chig is the long-term option, I might actually consider selling Pitts right exactly. now and let someone else deal with that fifth-year option decision next year. You just focus on Chase and Harris. Uh, so that could also be a potential option as well. I, I would look again. A lot of these teams, it's to try and manipulate the tight ends. Um, I think the ultimate goal of who's buying tight ends, right? We're, we're getting to that in a sec here. Right? <laughs> All right, you want to go ahead and get into that next team? Is that uh, I, I didn't look ahead. Well, Is it... I, I talked about everything I need to. Is there anything either of you wanted to mention about this team? 
No, I no, think you covered you everything. Well, yeah, you covered everything. I was gonna, I was gonna talk about, and you know, the the Jalen Hurts thing's interesting because you're right. I was like, why doesn't he have a fifth year option? Because he wasn't a first round pick, right? So it, it does affect things. That's it. Yeah, point. I remember when people hated him and were dumb. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't even a first round pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, if the Packers took Jordan Love in the first round. I wonder how that worked. <laughs> well, we'll see. Verdict's still out on that one. All right, let's get to number Find two. Find out this year. Number two. Number two, uh, ranked as high as three and as low as two. And ironically, it is just the two of us. And uh, Ryan, this is your squad to break down here. Just real quick before Ryan gets that, uh, guess the tight the so the tight end fifth year option could be as low as eighteen million, especially if it's near that. I guess that that makes it easy to go just chase and pits, and because I think they mentioned that running back would be the most expensive of these. So yeah, especially you know close to that twenty two million where you're essentially spending the same on chase as, as you are on pits. That's where I could get to the argument where maybe that's just a little too much for a yeah, tight end. I mean, there's rich. some. I mean, Darren Waller is making more than that, so I like it's. I guess it's not that bad. In, yeah, Pitt got the return. He got the return wide receiver value in order to pay that amount. I think. Again, it's like we know Chase will do that, but if we're not sure, again, it's the idea of with these fifth year options, especially if you have the luxury of having Chase, it would. I could see the the strong argument. Some people might say, "Oh, Pitt is so good that you would do it no brainer," but I could see the argument for not. Good point. All right, Ryan, break this team down. Just the two of us. Dude, I love this team. There's, they have such a nice blend of young talent and vets who are still young enough where they're going to be relevant for the foreseeable future. Um, one, you have two top 12 quarterbacks here, one on the rookie deal with Anthony Richardson, and Trevor Lawrence has two years left on his which should be huge. I'm sure you're going to pick up his first, his fifth year option, no matter what it is, because he's a top seven quarterback. Yeah. 36 million. I'd pay that for Lawrence. Yeah. And he's got the potential to be the QB one. Like he's that talented. They build around him. Um, AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, same thing. Garrett Wilson, rookie deal for three years left. You'll obviously pick him up when he comes. And I believe Han Dotson is going to be, again, huge year, especially with McLaurin out. You get that bonding with how they came in together. It's a nice young court. Even in their bench, they have the upside with, like, Canarius Tony. Um, if he gets healthy, the upside at chain. They brought Luke Musgrave in as a backup tight, as a young tight end who could be very, very good in Green Bay to go with Gusecki. I know you alluded to hating their tight ends. I think Gusecki in that terrible receiving group has potential to be number two in targets New England. It surprised a lot of people this year. So I don't hate it compared to everything that's around there with Jason Sanders' vet running backs. <laughs> um, yeah, James Connors on this another starting running back on your bench. Christian Kirk is a thousand yards last year on your bench. Canaries, Tony, if healthy. Like, I like this team a lot. Yeah, this team yeah. is this team is built really well from top to bottom. At least even you know beyond just the contracts. Just looking at the team from a from perspective of like how I would build my roster in Dynasty, and and this is very much how I would build it. I mean, he's got a good mix of young and uh, young guys and some vets that are still valuable. Um, he's got some great young receivers, which I always like to have young receivers in in my Dynasty leagues. You know, running backs are solid. He's got some good bench depth as well. I mean, it's it's built really well. You literally have two top five receivers, top seven quarterback, top probably nine quarterback, 
Dude, like, there's a lot of good pieces on this team. And just to talk about the way it's built, well, yeah, I don't love Mike Jasicki because, I mean, I, I, he, Brian's not wrong. He has that potential, but he has just as much potential to be the number two tight end on the team, where Hunter Henry is still clearly ahead of him. And it, it's just super limited as, like, he's the, be the sixth option on the team in targets. I think that's a possibility as well. But what I like about Mike Jasicki is the minimal investment made on him. This was a, like, nominated him in the auction. No one bid him up, so you got him for free, essentially. If Mike Jasicki really is clearly behind Hunter Henry, he's the easiest player to cut in the world. That's, I absolutely love building tight end rooms. Like, if you, if you can allow me to do something like that and, and literally just roster one tight end on a minimum contract, I love it. I hated the name when I saw it, but, like, just the, the way that's built, that's perfect. Because what it allows is to spend so much else everywhere else and you know, getting guys like wilson on a rookie contract is good but then you know to spend up on aj brown's contract which i think he's got four years i think they just won him this year in the auction so here it showed spend as little as you can at tight end to be able to go after elite assets like aj brown they had the luxury of having before i would have said before the trade the best qb trio to have maybe not necessarily the best qb trio in points this year but like i would rather have this QB trio, three guys, all on rookie contracts. Yes, Tua was at the end of his rookie contract, but still having Lawrence Tua and having the luxury of being able to let, you know, not have to start Richardson right now if he's not producing. I perfect. Certainly I, I made a I had a strong case to put this team at number one, to be honest, for a while. Uh and I think next year, you know, now now it's Brock Purdy's on the team. So that does give that assurity of having the three quarterbacks under contract next season, which is although a lot more of a cap than what two was getting this year, but there are moves that they can make to save money next year. I'm thinking of Darnell Mooney. I think it'll be like just around a like $17 million cap hit next year. That's a guy I think I would cut before the off. It was fine to hold him this year. You had the luxury of the three cheap quarterbacks that you could afford to have guys on bigger contracts like Mooney. But I think next year in the, like before the final year of his contract, that's a good year. I think to cut it. maybe there was a thought of cutting him even this year, but I think it, it was fine to, Test him out. Let's see what he does in this offense with, with DJ Moore as the number one receiver. But I, if he doesn't get good results this year, I think he's an easy cut next year before the auction. And then there's potentially like eight, eight and a half million dollars saved. Use um, James Conner. We'll see what the situation is next year. If he's not in a situation next year where we think he's getting tons of carries, cut him for another seven, eight million. Maybe even Miles Sanders. Like if it really doesn't go well in Carolina this year and they're already looking for a, another running back or it looks like a 50 50 split. They bring in a rookie, let's say, next year that's highly drafted. And it, that could be a, another guy that's cut. And there's another $9 million that opens up. So you can just, even just those three players. Josh Jacobs, three years left on his deal. It's, it's kind of like the Barkley contract, a little bit less of a cap hit. But for that third year, 2025 before the auction, that might be cutting Josh Jacobs, especially if that year you're taking up the fifth-year option on Trevor. Maybe that's how you, you finance that fifth-year option is just save what you can on Jacobs that year get two more solid years of production out of him and cut him then. So this team is well built. And I mentioned not, you know, could trade for a tight end. It seems like they've done that with Luke Musgrave, but again, it's trade for a tight end and a rookie contract. They weren't like I mentioned earlier. Okay. Can you get someone to buy Darren Waller's big contract or even they probably weren't even going to be willing to get like a Hayden Hurst type. Seems like they want to spend as little a tight end as possible. So while it on the surface seems like they should be the team that wants to trade for a tight end. They've also said, they're not going to put a lot of value tight end, end. And, and not, and so they'll trade for a tight end on a rookie contract. 
anything more than that. So I think that move, because I would have suggested maybe go after an Irv Smith. That'd be a team where nah, I'd rather him than Irv Smith. Well, yeah, and I think especially at what you're getting, or you'd rather Mike Jusicki straight up. Oh, I was talking about Luke Musgrave. Well, I'd rather yeah. have him. I'd rather have him than a lot of those other tight ends. Oh, and have. I'd rather have the Luke Musgrave on the rookie contract just because he's on the rookie contract over a lot of these tight ends. I'm talking just as a player. But, but you're right, term. straight up yeah. too. So it, it, that makes sense to go after and make that trade there. So that again, losing Tua make me okay. Did I put them three instead of two? But then again, they kind of up their tight end a little bit. So I think we're probably still justified in ranking them. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's get to the final team tonight. Number one. Number one. Number one team was ranked by all of us as the number one team, and it is simply the football team. And Ryan, this is your squad here to close us out. Uh, remember, I, I said, like, again, when that team with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you have to be really good at drafting when you have that caliber quarterbacks. This team has just nailed rookie drafts year after year. Like, you have so many superstars on this team who run first-year contracts and just blew up. Like, Waddle, Amon Ross St. Brown, Roger Stevenson. I think Herbert's still on that. You have Damian Pierce, who's going to get carries. Brian Robinson's starting running back. Dude, like, Drake London. (laughs) This team is absolutely loaded. Their bench is better than some of the lower team starting lineups. Looks like, even like this, it was huh? a, it was taken over. This is a rookie owner that took over this team. So what a what a team to take over, Dude. right? Oh <laughs> well, whoever had it before, kudos to them for building this team the way they did, and congratulations for taking this team over because this team is stacked and Lord. they're young, they're talented, it has so much upside. Even like your tight ends with Michael Mayer, Trey McBride, young options. I think Evan Ingram has top five potential as a position. Dude, like, they've just, they haven't missed in their drafts. Who was there before? They said Natra crash rookie drafts. They're not lying. This team, it seems loaded, man. And well, it looks it's like be good for a foreseeable future. Oh, I, I apologize. Tua was the rookie, the rookie owner. Oh. It was a lagged oh. comment, so he was a little bit behind us. So yeah, the, the Tua the Tua team was the rookie owner. This guy's still in the league, still crushing so, rookie kudos, drafts. Kudos but I mean, yeah, but that mean, that really means wild. they won they won AJ Brown, right? So they've they've made some moves to add to that team. I guess I was wondering, like the team that named their team after Tua, like I know he's on the last year of a rookie contract, but I I was a little surprised to hear that they they traded, but this isn't his natural team. So yeah, um, makes sense. Yeah, I, make it, again the smart decision to just go for a minimum tight end in, in the auction and then be able to like cut him and you know and not have any dead cap that's super smart so like some specific auction moves that they made even if it's just those two moves aj brown and a minimum tight end i love that so uh kyle real quick uh ryan just went over all the good things about this team is there anything on the on the backside contract wise that's that's on the negative side or is this team pretty much built perfect i mean he complimented evan ingram i don't love the contract though uh two years uh, i guess like about 18 million per year especially having Hawkinson already. That's a lot of money in tight end. And I don't know that Evan Ingram is enough of a difference maker to be flexed. That's the one kind of dark spot on this team. Everything well, you, else. You, you don't got to flex it on this team. On this roster, you're definitely ain't flexing like, it for sure. Yeah, this roster, yeah. you don't have to flex it. There's a lot of rosters you'd have to. So that's the one thing where, I mean, like this roster is so solid that clearly that cap hit this year didn't affect its ability to be competitive. 
But again, a lot of that is based on so many, like their entire running back core is just rookie contracts. That's, that's a dream, to be honest. And then I mentioned the QB trio of Burrow, Herbert, and Watson. Fifth-year option already picked up on Burrow, but this is Herbert's last year. So next year in the auction, you've got Hertz and Herbert both in the auction. So that's two big-name quarterbacks that will be available. Does the football team, like, ha- they have enough rookie contracts. They might be able to have enough cap space to do it. But with Watson already on the team, if they don't get either of those two, do you just, okay, you've had a bunch of rookie contracts yeah, at running back. Do I add a vet running back in there? Bro, just, dude, just get Herbert back and just keep down the track. That would be the ideal thing. I like, think. Yeah, if you get, if you can, or even just Hurts instead of Herbert, but if you can have that solid QB trio for years, it's, it's going to be expensive. You're, you've only got, I mean, you only have it for one more year because then Burrow would have to be a free agent the next year. So I do wonder if they also potentially save for that. Like if they don't go big on a quarterback in 24, but they go big to try to get Burrow back after his fifth year option. I guess that would be the 26 option. Yeah, I think he's got an extra, yeah, 26. Or no, Burrow is a Herbert class. So yeah, the, the fifth year option's already been picked up on Burrow. So that's already locked in for 24. So like Burrow would be eligible in the 25 auction. I wonder if they go more for that. Like they, they don't go in big in on Hertz or Herbert and they go for Burrow instead. Or you go in big for Hertz and Herbert, knowing that you're gonna just have Burrow just for the extra year and you let him walk and already have the other two Watson. Whether it's re-signing Herbert or getting hurt. So there's plans there for sure. But yeah, if I I'd try and move the Ingram contract, it might be tough to move. I'd consider cutting him next year. If that nine million you'll be able to save from him, if that helps you get a quarterback, I think that's worth it. So uh, that might be a player to cut next offseason. I don't think there's much point doing it now. Now the auction's already passed, and you wouldn't even save anything anyway because the auction's already passed. Um, you could, in theory, put him on. Like, he'd be the type of player I'd consider putting on injured reserve if, okay, I need to make a trade, and I need that $9 million extra somehow. Like, if I got to throw Ingram on injured reserve knowing I've already got Hawk in the lineup, this is the type of team that could afford to do that. Like, you most teams probably wouldn't be able to afford to put a good player like Ingram. He'd be the tight end one on a few of these teams here. This team probably could. He'd be the receiver one on a few of these teams too. <laughs> yeah, that KJ Osborne team, right? Yeah. Uh, so that might be a move to make this year. If you get, if you need that nine million somehow, that's the one guy that stands out to me that you could just put him on injured reserve and it's not hurting the, the composition too much of this team. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's something that that I would have to get used to. I don't do contract leagues and. Listening to you talk about him, I feel like I may have to get into get into one next year at some point because um, I'm definitely w- willing to to try this out. It seems pretty. It's interesting because looking at it from a a dynasty way, and then looking at the contracts on the backside definitely change your perspective a little bit. So that's that's a really cool feature of it. Um, I just love auction drafting too, and it, this this ensures you're not just doing a startup auction where it's okay we do the auction at the startup and then that's it, no done. more auctions the rest of it. This you get auction every, every year, year. And it, it it could be like you. You might have auctions where, like, some years it sucks. Like, oh, there's no good players. But it seems like this is a league and with no franchise tagging. I don't even know if there's, like, in-season extensions because I haven't really seen any contracts that look too outrageous like those. So with just the fifth-year option, like, th- this is a type of league that ensures there's going to be more players available. Love good, that. good stuff. All right, that wraps the podcast up, gentlemen. I want to thank oh, you in the chat. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. There was one last thing on this team. Uh, I think this is the team with Waddle, right? So, this, like, Jalen Waddle as a fifth-year option does make a lot of sense, too. But again, that'll be that 2025 auction. Is that the auction where you, you, you want as much money as possible for Burrow? That would be the only reason I would not do it, but I think, I, I think 
Waddle, because I, I think I, I, if I calculated correctly or looked at the spreadsheet properly, he was the 112. So he just makes the cut for having that for the fifth year option. So yeah, because there, there shouldn't be a Tyree kill at that point, or maybe there will be. But, you know, according to Tyree even kill, with Hill, he smashed last year. So I think he's just going to he just earns targets regardless yeah. of who else is around him. At that point, you're not going to have Amon on the team anymore. He won't, he won't be eligible for fifth year option. So the receiving core at that point will basically just be digs. Drake London Stones rookie deal, and then you'll have a fifth-year option on the Waddles. Get that third wide receiver in. Like it, I think it makes a lot of sense to pick up that. Pick. Good stuff. All right, guys. Uh, thank you all in the chat, and thank the league in general for your for your purchase. I hope you enjoyed the the podcast tonight. This was the first year we did these ones live, so you got to interact with us uh, directly instead of listening to it after the fact. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, again, I enjoyed it because it gave us context, like those fifth year option amounts and other things like the draft picks. Like 100%. I, I well, just in general, I loved it, but I especially loved it. I mean, I loved this, this PLP more than anything just because it's RSO. Yeah. I love talking contract. I, I wish I had gone live sooner. We've been doing this. I think it's our third year doing it. I wish I had gone these live sooner because it is. It seems is like fun. the league, the people who pay for it enjoy it, too. Yep. Like, even if other people are listening in, they don't seem to mind that it's not so private. It's yep. personal, but not private. <laughs> because it, again, it allows that extra interaction. We enjoy it. It seems like they enjoy it. So yeah, super good stuff. Good. good stuff. Uh, I will plug the uh, the 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 uh, PLPs one more time. Going for two dot com backslash PLP. Use promo code EARLYBIRD24 twenty four and save twenty percent. If you want to go ahead and book for next year, uh, you could do that. Um, real quick, guys, we'll go around the room. Kyle, give us your Twitter handle where these guys can follow you at. Uh, ask you questions about contract leagues, whatever they want to do. Um, give them give them you what you're doing this season as well. Yeah, so uh, I guess a uh, good bulletin board material. So if you want to reach out and tell me what, where I was wrong in all this analysis, for sure, I'm on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, which apparently Jeff is now named. Like, that <laughs> is the name of the app, those seven words. I love that. So yes. now. Uh, but yeah, I'm, on, I'm at Senra Says. Probably say the handle before I ran. Yep, and you can catch um, him on. But yeah, uh, Monday night pregame show, as Jeff mentioned earlier, here on the Going for Two Live Network. We go live, I would say every Monday at seven, but I know there are a couple of. Like week two, week three, there's double header games that start at 7.15, so we might be going earlier than we haven't fully discussed, but every Monday should expect something from week one, probably through week 15. Uh, we do a lot of props for Monday night. When we have Dr. James Freddy on, talk injuries a lot with him, but, but it's just myself, Gladys, and Dan, the B-League says, well, a lot of like waiver priorities for players, or recapping the results from Sunday, as well as, again, previewing Monday night. Uh, in terms of uh, the stuff I do for full press coverage, I've got two podcasts, full press fantasy pod, full press Packers pod in season. The fantasy pod will go once a week, just doing weekly previews. I'll do occasionally extra episodes uh, like would be relevant for, say, uh, the, uh, the team with Mike Jasicki, um, uh, just the two of us, uh, whatever the team name is going to be now, the two is not on anymore. I probably will do a podcast on the full press fantasy pod probably after I record that Monday night pregame show, honestly, um, probably, yeah, either halftime Monday night or just after Monday night game, and it'll recap all the targets tight ends got week one, because I find that tight ends that earn targets week one, for the most part, will earn targets through the season. Last year, Kylan Granson got seven targets week one. That turned out to be a fluke. I think the year before, James O'Shaughnessy had like six or seven week one. So there's one guy that'll usually be a fluke, but for the most part, those week one target getters continue to do that through the season so for someone like the team with mike jasicki like i wouldn't even hesitate if week one hunter henry's ahead of him no hesitation drop him for someone else that's getting more targets than you yeah and that's my advice in 
a lot of tight, like a lot of leagues with tight ends, but certainly for someone like this, who like that, uh, just the two of us team who spend so little on tight end, I find that super valuable because that's the keys you're looking for. That's the reason you want to stick on a minimum contract because you can cut him immediately with no repercussions. Uh, I'll occasionally do stuff like that, but again, full press fancy pod once a week, the full press Packers pod. That's more for Packers fans. Game previews, game recaps, we'll usually do two a week there. Uh, I do a couple articles for full press coverage as well, fullpresscoverage.com. Usually my rankings, which you can also find on goingfor2.com. That's, and that'll be just not my rankings, but everyone, uh, our weekly consensus rankings. If you want to just isolate to mine, my dynasty, my uh, weekly rankings, my redraft rankings right now at fullpresscoverage.com. I also do the goal line guide every week. It's my way of trying to predict touchdown output on a week-to-week basis. I'll usually start it week five, I, will, I like to get a month worth of data before I actually start using it. And then from there, I'm, I'm looking at uh, defensive efficiency inside the five, which teams allow the most touchdowns inside their own five-yard line, which offenses score the most. I go through ESPN play-by-play uh, for their box scores after every game, and I'm tracking every play inside the five, and, I, and then I just use it as my bank of information every week to kind of cross-reference the matchups. What does this offense do against this defense? And Use the, the, the over-under Vegas totals as well to try and come up with a goal line grade for every team. Kind of say where I think the likeliest possibility of touchdowns come. Not just which teams, but how those teams are. Kyle, and, when do you sleep, man? <laughs> no, after I do all that work. But yeah, uh, yeah. Right. but that's literally all the work. So I just spilled it all out. But yeah, there's not much else to doing beside that. And there's nothing. And then he'll also be in every single chat room of, of all of our podcasts, too, somehow. I don't know how he does it, but uh, you can find Kyle everywhere. Senra well, says, like, speak on it on Tuesday nights. I'm usually doing waivers while I'm watching them. It's Tuesday night, and it's like, okay, that's like an hour and a half show sometimes. That's my hour and a half I'll spend on all my, the waivers and all my leads. So, you know, it does coincide, right? Like, some of this is why I'm on YouTube so much, listening to all these podcast videos, because I'm doing so much fantasy work, and if I can double dip on them. That's probably why I do so much of both. Good stuff. Ryan. Um, go <laughs> uh, I know you want to go. Um, find me on Twitter, Fox 534. If he's called X, find me at going for two the armchair fantasy show with Jeff every Wednesday night. And find me over at the Dynasty Big Board podcast, comes out Wednesday mornings where we talk everything Dynasty and just have some fun and talk, you know, talk some football. But and that's about it. I'm nice and simple. I don't do much. Good stuff. Uh, as always, once again, guys, thank you for your purchase. We hope you make another purchase next year. Uh, me and Ryan will be back to our regular show uh, at this time, 9.30 p.m. starting next week. It'll be the week one kickoff. Uh, we have a great guest on our first show, Rum Boys Robbie. If you're a fan of the of Rum Boys Network, uh, he'll be on for our week one to help us kick it off. He's full of energy. He's I'm a great guest. Trouble. Yeah, Ryan's going to be... Uh, <laughs> there's a R- reason they call it Rumble. R- Robbie gets me riled up. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be a fun show, guys. So, yeah, next week, uh, 9.30 p.m. right here on the Going For Two Live Network. Um, thank you all. For Kyle, for Ryan, I'm Jeff, and we will see you all hopefully next year, and good luck this season. <laughs>